0: Hey guys, it's Christina and thanks for tuning in to our podcast for Pillars Through Seasons. On Pillars Through Seasons, we highlight women who are flourishing in all seasons of life. For this episode, I got to sit down with some of my close friends, Jackie Chang and her husband, Steve. They've dated for 10 years and have been married for five and have three amazing children. Steve is a worship director and Jackie co-leads the team with him, but their roles are very different. We got to chat about how they've come to grow as a couple in the past 15 years. We got to discuss their origin story and things like parenting when you don't see eye to eye. Though this is just a snippet of the many seasons life has to offer, we hope you're encouraged and empowered through this podcast.
1: Friends, you know, we just said hi every day and we, you know, had some good friends and... But I didn't really like them after high school. Like <laughs> at all.
2: It's true. <clears throat> it's true.
1: He was known as the singer and breakdancer in our school. He was the king of, I guess, choir. And everyone, um... Yeah, he was just, you know, all, all around, like, good guy, popular, and I was more of the jockey, quiet girl, and, I don't know, we just clicked, and I think, um, after some time, I kind of grew to like him in a different way. During high school? Uh, a little bit, maybe towards the end. It was the end of my senior year, actually, and so he was already in college and we just hung out sometimes and then uh, we played basketball a lot and I always thought of him as like, just like a friend, you know, that was really cool and we talked about, you know, random stuff, everything and nothing. And then one day I just asked my sister, what do you think about Steve Chang? And she was like, I like him. And I'm like, I think she inceptioned me. I'm not really sure. But after that, I kind of looked at you in a different way so, after 2004, we became official in December. So I think that was
0: the start. Yes. <laughs> so, do you remember the first date? I know this was, that was 2004, and 2018 now, yeah. That's been 14 years. Do you remember your first date? I do. Oh, you do? Sundebo. Sundebo?
1: hmm which was my first Korean food. And I was like, what is this tofu stuff and why is it red? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do and I had to use chopsticks. And it was a Korean restaurant. So it was Korean tofu soup. And he just ordered for me, which was, I didn't really know what I was doing, so I didn't mind. And um, it was nice. It was, um, we were friends for a while. And there was this, um, anyway, this music, Soul Child song. It was like, you know, friends can't be, you know. Dating and I
0: just thought about it the whole time, but it was actually like it was interesting. How has that been? Um, especially being, I guess you would consider yourselves to be an interracial couple, right? And so learning those like cultural differences. I'm sure if you dated for ten years, you had a lot of time mm-hmm. to learn about each other, about each other's cultures. I'm sure you guys went to each other's family gatherings things like that so tell me about that
1: i think um uh it took a lot of humility i think now so this is jackie 2018 i am in a korean church and i feel like god only god can bring you to all korean church for me at least and i'm here and i'm planted here um back then though um before jesus I thought that I've never been in a room with all Koreans in my life, actually, and I think the food was awesome. I, it draw, I was drawn to the food, and that helped me a lot, um, but it was kind of scary in a way. Um, I don't know. I remember me and Steve were lying down at a beach one time, and all of a sudden he was just so angsty and so dramatic and 19 that he said, we cannot be because his grandmother said before she died that he had to marry a Korean girl
0: what? <laughs> yeah
1: and I was like in my angsty teenager self I was I was kind of sad but we still dated I and mean, this was before Jesus so it was uh I think we just kind of learned to that was, that was like five years before church we just kind of did our own thing and she was really good I think in with my family We're, like Filipinos are very open and I think that was one of my like to-do list of having a boyfriend which is not really like the way to go but I had like your boyfriend had to get along with your family and that was like my number one thing you know it was very like agnostic in a way and you know, a very trendy word to say in college and then one day he just said I'm gonna go to church and I'm like why because up until then I think throughout our whole relationship he, kind of just, like, talked about Jesus, and I just don't want to talk about it. I was like, why are we talking about this? Let's just talk about the movies or something. And then, yeah, that day that he, he brought me to our church now, it was the worst experience, but I wanted to do it with him. That was, like, always my love language. I just wanted to spend time with him and do it with him. So, um, that's how I started to They brought me into the welcoming team, even though I told the pastor that he, I wasn't Christian at that time. And then... There was
2: no burning bush moment there was no like special realization for me um but there was always uh, like a a sense of longing in my heart i think to to want to at least explore uh the church and christianity and what jesus was all about and so um i've i've spent more years uh fighting to not go to church than you know to want to go to church in that at, at, during that season of my life and i think one day i just had enough my heart was on fire it was burning and, and the only thing that could alleviate that was for me to finally just do it and just go so i just decided to go and uh jackie just wanted to you know we did everything together we deposited checks together we 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 would go grocery shopping together. We would walk down aisles of Target, buy nothing, which is almost impossible at Target. And we just walked around together. And we virtually did everything together. And this was just one of those things that we wanted to do together.
0: So how was that experience then? Because um, I think most people have heard Jackie's story. And also just now you said, you know, you came and you just, never thought you would end up at an all-Korean church um, and, and then serve at the welcoming committee. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you, Steve, how was it? Being fully Korean, coming to basically your parents' church mm-hmm. and bringing your non-Korean girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. how was that for you? Did you feel any sort of responsibility? You know, was it not even something that you thought about?
2: I just want to say a short disclaimer. I don't think I was the best boyfriend at the time, nor was I, <laughs> you know, that far thinking into into that situation. So, I actually, I mean, she came with me as my girlfriend, but um, I was actually just going just for me. And I, I felt kind of cool knowing that I had a non-Korean girlfriend bring her to my church and I knew that, you know, as you know as progressive as you know we are now it's still not the norm and so we 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 just did it and um i actually didn't take care of her that much when we first went um, because it was just i just had that burning in my heart it was more for me but she kind of came along for the ride um i didn't know what she would expect you know coming from a very catholic and very um, conservative background i, I didn't know what she would expect. I didn't know what to expect. I was experiencing, I think, it just as, you know, much as she was this new thing, so...
0: Okay. So both of you had very individual walks as Christians. Oh, yeah. Oh, Even though you guys came together Mm -hmm. and, like you said, did everything together, Mm -hmm. there wasn't really a togetherness, like, in spirit or, Mm -hmm. right, in your souls. Mm especially given the context of how you guys grew up separately, so um, when did that transition happen where you guys actually felt like you were on the same page? You know, was it after marriage? Was it after kids? Was it recently? Was it a couple years ago? Tell me about that. I would think in the general overall
1: perspective, I would say after marriage and kids, honestly, but... I mean, yeah. I just remember like one time when Steve told me he got the gift of tongues, and I was so jealous. <laughs> and I felt like he was on this level, and I was on this low level. And I would just, I had that brewing jealousy of just like, why can't I be there too? And I just felt like he was more godly, and I was just so low. You know. I mean, I I, I started dating this worship leader, obviously, because that's how I he became in our roles in the church. And I was became like the the greeter, the cooker, the doer, which is like what my love language is, I love to serve, so that kind of, you know, we, had, we found our own way there, but for me, I always felt that he was more, and I, I just felt lower, you know, and especially if someone on stage, that's just not who I am, but it's always easy to get jealous, and so I thought about it in that way, but I think after marriage and once we actually, like, I mean, of course there's many steps to get in there, and we realized, you know, like, you know, we sanctified our life with God, but we chose each other, We've got like how many kids together, but with our first kid, and I think that's when we actually realized, like, what was you know, the reality of our walk together and how that really is reflective of how we should do things in life. I don't think we were actually acted married until we were actually pregnant and already married.
2: For me, the change didn't happen until our second child just because you have a kid doesn't make you a father. Uh, just because you have a wife doesn't make you a husband. And so when we were married in our first year and we had our honeymoon baby, he came out nine months later after we got married, we, we were still living our individual separate lives. And uh, we had a lot of, we got into a lot of fights, arguments, disagreements. There was just a lot of uh, abrasiveness Yeah, it it just in the atmosphere of our home at the time, and um, I don't think it was until um, Me as a husband and father. I I actually hit rock bottom um, When we were getting kicked out of our home Because we weren't paying rent on time uh, because I wasn't making enough money and uh, And Jackie was nine months pregnant ready to pop. I think that was my realization that i needed to change um and, and mind you we've been christians for years at that time so we yeah that was that was the, the the realization for me that i needed to do things differently i need to i needed to perceive things differently look at things differently and um just be better and be different not not out of striving or, or approval of man but it was just within myself that i needed to to be different so um financially, spiritually, um, as the quote-unquote head of the household, um, as was I being a good husband, was I being a good father, all of these things, it just kind of came crashing at that moment, and just seeing the fruit of of those questions and just realizing where I actually was, um, I I needed to make a lot of changes, I think, within me, and uh, I, I needed to take that up with God for sure, but then after that, a lot like we we kind of uh, propelled ourselves uh, uh, we propelled our marriage it's just like the rate at which we were growing propelled from that moment on as a, as a couple as as parents um, as sons and daughters even to our own parents um, and I think the the growth was just the rate was just ex- more exponential than our eight years of dating before Jesus and so yeah that happened as well
1: but I had to realize when I got married that um, our schedules were the same and he, he would be home, you know, at nighttime. And I was pregnant and I would be, you know, asleep by the time he would get home. And then Fridays, Saturdays, and then mostly Sundays would be, you know, in quote-unquote church time. And I used to be very, um, I would say the word would be very not jealous, but also it was just like he was taking, church was taking his time mm-hmm. from me. And then for at that point you know steve wasn't making any money it was just pretty much just me and i felt like i need to be compensated for what i did because he didn't bring anything to the family i thought of him less as a man so i think i had to accept and support him in his calling and ministry which you know at that time that concept didn't even like that i couldn't conceptualize that that those words mm-hmm. but i had to support him support know what he did for God's kingdom and really realized like is it about bringing money is it about having a job no actually not it's actually what you do here you know and so actually it wasn't until I realized that after our kid was born that you know this is what he does actually it wasn't until um I was pregnant again I guess with my other child which we got pregnant right away and you know, we like, it was just a big transition in our church and for Steve and, and worship that I was like, you know, this is actually what God called him to do. And I had that realization. And I think that's what changed, too, for me. Now we're finally, like, comfortable as a family, even though we will have crazy changes like another child, which, you know, we, we that's a possibility, you know, at least one. Um, that's what my husband says. So I think now I think we're at a good place spiritually just not even just strong because I feel it's so subjective. I think we just, we, we kind of know like each other's path and where it has led us. But regardless of where it goes, I think that, um, I think we're ready for anything now.
2: We're the healthiest we've ever been in our relationship right now. Um, and this is three kids later, um, you know, all the, the things that every family goes through. Um, we, we've experienced all of that. And, but but what's changed for, changed for us is not our circumstance. If anything, our circumstance is worse. If anything, we have more mouths to feed, <laughs> more kids to worry about. Um, our financial uh, situation has not changed much. Um, our schedules are still the same. Um, I see my wife maybe like two hours uh, in in a day um and that's you know very briefly before she goes to sleep and and nothing in our circumstances or situation outside environments has changed but what has changed is that we're we're more together than we've ever been before um we we make it very intentional and purposeful to 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 take time out of our days and it can be done no matter how busy you are You, you make the time uh, to, to get on the same page every day and, and the, it's the smallest things that it all adds up um, that, that you can do throughout the week to, to stay on that same page and then you know tackle the world and do life together so i think that's why my wife is saying that we're ready like whatever life throws at us whatever god takes, wherever it takes us whatever he plans for us we we're a hundred percent ready uh, to, to do it and to go there so I think a lot with us internally has changed, but we see eye to eye, uh, we're in agreement most of the time, um, and, and I feel like the more support I get from my wife, the more, uh, the more she is, the more we are on the same page, the, the better it is and the easier it is for us to kind of move wherever we need to go as a unit, like together. So how
0: do you guys make decisions when you don't see eye? Well, I can tell
1: you the the Jackie of old would just not even want to see his eye, or... <laughs> 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 I wouldn't even want to hear it, and, but I think, uh... I think we have a, it's just a weird, like, unsaid consensus. Like, if we don't see eye-to-eye, eye, we just have to, like, just take a minute, to just really think about, like, why don't we see eye-to-eye? Eye. Like, for example... Disciplining, which is uh, the topic of <laughs> the year or the years that sometimes there was one example that Steve actually You know in the first time in our parenting life. He you know kind of slightly hit them <laughs> little hit on the butt and I didn't agree with it, but in that moment, um, I corrected him after and I think that was well, something that I would never have done. And I was, I it hurt me to see him hit her child. And I knew the place that he was at. Um, but I didn't stop him. And I just pretty much just to the side, just asked him if you were okay.
2: So for all you dads out there, new dads. Um, so just to give some context, um, I was giving uh, my son and my daughter a bath. Um, and they're young enough where they c- you could just fill the tub. Bubble bath and just leave them be for a few minutes. And I stepped out of the bathroom to get their um, change of clothes, pajamas, um, and their underwear. Or they were wearing diapers at the time. So um, I came back and the entire bathroom floor was almost flooded with water. Um, all the water that was in the bathtub was now on the bathroom floor. And in that moment, I was enraged uh, because they know not to splash and do that. Um, so my mistake was i reacted to the situation instead of responding to the situation. And what I did was mind you, they're, they're both wet. And so I took both of them out of the bathroom and I just gave it, gave like two hard spanks, you know, to their, to their behinds. And, um, but I didn't realize because they were wet, um, that it actually probably hurt a lot more. Uh, and it left like a like a handprint. And when I went to put their diapers on, they were all dry and this was like 10, 15 minutes after the fact. And then I saw that handprint was still there. I, I almost broke down in tears. And um, the kids, they're, they're so pure and so innocent and genuine hearted they said daddy I love you um, and they were just happy and joyful but me in my heart I there was a guilt a sense of guilt a sense of shame um, a sense of disappointment in myself and, and to my wife <clears throat> that it lingered for a little bit and but but one thing that I, I think the thing that I need to Kind of share that I got out of this was not the guilt, shame, and the discipline, but it was the grace um, God's grace that He gave to my wife, and then my, my wife gave to me because she could have easily confronted me in a, in a very abrasive way, uh, she could have confronted me and just told me off and said I was dead wrong. But the first thing she asked was, Are you okay? Uh, and that says a lot, I think, about my wife. <laughs> And um, she showed me grace. And I was able to, to operate differently because of that moment. Um, if she had you know, yelled at me or you know, told me off about something, then I think I would have reacted again and kind of, I would have been defensive and I would have been mad at her and myself and the kids. You know? But um, it's that, that little drop of grace that, that she brought into that situation that, that, that changed everything for you me. Know? And I don't think you need to agree 100% on a decision, but I do think no matter what the decision is, to still be a unit. I think that's the important part. Um, sometimes if I make that decision and it's the wrong decision or I make a mistake, um, then there's that opportunity to, to exercise grace again. Um, now, if that becomes habitual, if, if you take advantage of that, then I think that's another story. Mm-hmm. But because we're we know where we're coming from, it's not a position of, trying to to attain power over one another Um, it's it's if Jackie gives me the authority to make a decision then I also give her the authority to rebuke me when I'm wrong it's a two-way street you know she doesn't just give me the authority and then I have it and I just move on with it she I, I in return have to give her the authority to, to tell me that I'm wrong and to confront me when things aren't a hundred percent. So it's, it kind of works out in you know, both ways for us.
0: When you see Jackie sometimes like two hours a night, a day, right? And then on the weekends um, for most, most times, right, you guys are all like always at church, busy, um, leading, and you are in charge of the praise team, too. So you're also meeting with people one on one. Accommodating a lot to their well-being. So, how do you guys go about that?
1: I would say the easiest sort of be knowing our love language.
0: And um, what is that for those people who don't know love language?
1: Yeah. So, um, there's five different love languages, um, and there's well, mine I would is right now, especially in terms of like the concept of time and just like children would be words actually, and I. I was like, I mean, it is time too, but if there's no time, I so there's the five of them is um, like time, um, there's touch, there's gifts and um words and the other one is access service, access service which is also what I like to give. So I like to give access service, but I, I've learned that in my marriage that if my husband gives me access service, it's it's less meaningful. But I like time and words. But now that we don't have time with three kids and everything else that we do, um, if he tells me at thems a the day, "You're doing great. You're a great mom. You're a great wife." Like I appreciate everything you do. It could be like easy as that. I'll be happy, and I think that's where I think that he's been doing well these days <laughs> with uh, our third kid.
0: So <laughs> even if Steve, if you're having like a crappy day and you guys haven't seen each other almost all week right and it was just one of those like off weeks where you don't feel connected he could just share with you you know that basically i love you you're doing a great job you're such a great wife and a mom and then that will just make you it will like get you out of that bubble
1: of course and i think also time and that would take time to do that but if you if you just heard me but in the context of just like strictly like one i would just love the words just to say honey you're doing a great job you know, thank you so much for watching the kids while you were at a two-hour meeting that went way longer than (laughs) expected, I would be like, you're welcome. Thank you so much for telling
0: me.
2: I think the the smallest things um, are taken for granted. Uh, The thank you's, the you're welcomes, the I appreciate you's, even the I'm sorry's. Um, I think I'm sorry is is so powerful. Um, And for her, she, she likes words, um, but when I'm in a funk, when we're both in that funk, uh, and we need to realign ourselves together, um, five minutes, um, and just say, I'm sorry, uh, let's let's reconnect, let's, uh, what's really going on in your heart, or your life, or your mind, um, and to, to kind of take those five, it's five minutes, it takes five minutes to do it. And if you're both intentional with it and purposeful with it, it, it's, it goes a long way. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't get to, you know, really talk to you today, but let's just take this time right now and, and see how you're doing. And because I've known her for 14 plus years, I no longer look at just the exterior of what she does, like actions wise. Uh, I'm more concerned with the why she does what she does. And the how it makes her feel as she does it and if I address those two things first before the external stuff um, then that I think that really speaks to her um, more because then I want to address what she actually needs from within and just giving her um, you know an award for what she has done you know what mm-hmm. I mean so I, I think uh, even when we have conversations there are specific conversations that you have to approach it very differently and when we're not in alignment we, we have to have those conversations you just, you just have to do it for yourself, for your marriage uh, for, for sanity as
0: we close up this podcast how would you um, give advice to couples who also might be in your shoes uh, where one person is kind of I guess catapulted into ministry and they might be also newlyweds, they might have kids, might not. Um, But you guys have, I would say a pretty unique relationship where uh, you're both married, you have three kids and one is a newborn. Um, In the time span of five years, right, all of this happened within five years and one person was, like, so involved in ministry and the other wasn't, you know? So how would you give advice to people who are listening and maybe even boyfriends and girlfriends where it seems like one person is just so involved heavily um, and they're struggling even to prioritize, like, themselves first, things like that. So what would you leave our listeners with?
1: Well, it's funny um, because I was... um thinking about this moment while I was um praying the other day was um I was in a mission trip and God told me that you know or he gave me uh, gave me peace about being a pastor's wife and I knew that's you know the semantics like he's not really technically a worship pastor but I mean in all intents and purposes I feel like you know he is um and I don't know what the the, the big like statement of that was but back then but I was like, yes God, I accept it. And then three kids later I actually like know why um I had that peace before and it's mostly that um you have to have you have to be very confident in yourself. Um just as a not even just a mother and you know a wife but just like in yourself that um this this is above you. It's it's all God. Um and I think that like what my husband's doing, like what the calling of you know whatever you know your significant other you know is um you know whatever you're doing and he's doing is god's it's all god and it's all god's vision and so like you just submitting to whatever you know you're doing in conjunction with the person that you're dating or married to it's just really teaching lordship to yourself you know like and lordship i'll just throw that you know christianese term but it's 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 all a bunch of submission and you know realizing what um, really is important is it is it your alone time which of course there is you do need that you do need you know a couple alone time you do need time with their children you know but God will give you that grace for you know to be together but if you just really think about the big picture that this is God's you know mission this is God's vision for this world and you know you're just a piece of the puzzle and if you can just you know support your significant other which is you know in my case was my husband you know, leading worship, you know, bring others to Jesus just through his voice. And there was a time where I used to be very jealous of just him and his voice or just the time that he would spend with others, you know, or just even, like, um, him being blessed um, and then him blessing others with his gift. But, you know, the night before, he would, you know, hurt my feelings or, you know, hurt me. And I'm like, what about me, God? What about me? He's not taking care of this for me. And I realized that, like, it has to be, you know, I have to know that God knows, loves me, God knows me, I'm confident in myself with God. And I think that was a big part of it that I was still relying on, you know, like when I was 18 and Steve was my motivation for a living, like Steve was my motivation to get out of depression. No, I think it was, you know, me being, like knowing Jackie, you know, I'm good with God. But now, God, what am I gonna do with myself? Support my husband or just ask for a long time and be mad? know that he's not taking care of me i think that was a big part so just knowing i think having confidence in yourself and just being good with yourself first is definitely a big
0: part. we hope you enjoyed the podcast and I'm encouraged by it if you'd like to connect with us or the chains reach out to us on our instagram pillars through seasons or our website, PillarsThroughSeasons.com. we love to hear your thoughts and suggestions on who you'd like us to interview next. See you next time.